0: Can you imagine your life where money is your friend, working with you to achieve all your dreams and desires? If you struggle seeing money as your friend, then join Kathy Cook Noble, financial advisor and educator on understanding how your money can work for you. It is possible. Now, here is Financially Speaking with Kathy Cook Noble.
1: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Cook-Noble on the Inspired Choices Network, and we are here every week to break down some cool and fascinating and confusing and complicated and frustrating financial terms that people come across all the time, and they ask me about in my my daily life as my regular identity as a financial advisor and a bookkeeper, but uh, I do get a lot of questions about just the standard everyday stuff. Like I, I, I know most people when they ask me questions about the investment side of things and insurance side of things, that that's the part that confuses them a lot um, because they make it complicated. Let's be honest, people in my industry make things a uh, little bit too complicated more than they should because uh, they use a lot of math and. Um, Uh, formulas and charts and graphs and I mean they're awful pretty to look at but sometimes they're not that easy to read. So what we do is we break them down and say okay what do we actually need to know and understand to understand our own stuff. So that's what we do here and anyone that has questions or confusions that they would like cleared up and answered we always encourage you to write in, join us, um, email phone, whatever your communication preference is, Facebook, um, all those great things. Join us at the Inspired Choices Network and ask us questions. And not just on uh, financially speaking. Of course, if it's a financially speaking question, I'm the one that can answer it or I'm the one that will attempt to answer it. But if it's any other questions, then uh, the other hosts that we have a multiple number of fantastic hosts here to cover off all the other parts of your life and the things that you will encounter that you need some help with. So reach out to them too and join them in the chat room live on their shows or join them, uh, join the podcast. We're over 50 platforms around the world. So there's really no excuse. You can't miss us. Or we're out there. And if you're miss, if, but if we're missing something, like we're missing a particular topic that we need to have or we're missing a particular show that you'd like to hear and you're the one that has that skill, then you know the answer to that is you get a hold of Christine, our, our owner of the, of the, the network. And you talk to her about a show of your own because that would be super cool to share your gifts with the world as well. So that's who we are and what we do. And today I I'm I finally broke down. So I get, I get questions all the time. So if you're listening from Canada and the United States and different parts of the world where cannabis and legalized marijuana has been a very, very popular conversation over the last few years, uh it was a huge impact on the election here in Canada federally as uh that was what our federal leader promised to legalize which he did uh across Canada uh it was quite a conversation it's still quite a conversation it's still it's more than just from my perspective where i look at it from a uh, an economics question or a financial question a lot of people still look at it as a morals question and an ethics question and uh uh, legal responsibility question and, and there's all kinds of things that formulate. But I do have to say, from the financial side of things, it's pretty exciting when you see an industry come on board for the very first time because that doesn't happen a lot. You don't see industries come on board necessarily. Like, you know, but this is a whole new industry that, that's been opened up. Not, it's, it's opened up. It's here. And in Canada, it's legal. It's legal in more probably more countries than you can imagine. I'll just give you a list of them, and I'll do it alphabetically just so it's easier for everyone to follow. But there's a, a lot of countries that legalize the medical use of cannabis, and those countries are Argentina, Australia, of course, like I mentioned, Chile, Colombia, Croatia, Cyprus, Germany, Greece, uh, Israel, Italy, Jamaica, Lithuania, Luxembourg, uh, North Macedonia, Norway, the Netherlands, New Zealand, Peru, Portugal, Poland, Switzerland, and Thailand. So those are all countries that have legalized the medical use of cannabis. Now, there are in the United States, um, 33 states as well as the District of Columbia, that has legalized the medical use of cannabis. But at a federal level, it is not legalized. So the ones I'm talking about have legalized when I say the countries, that's across the board federally. So here in Canada, we are 100% legal across the country because the federal government legalized it. In the United States, the individual states have legalized it, so it hasn't become a federal mandate yet. Um, and the difference with that is is it doesn't maybe sound like much, but it's actually quite substantial because if you are legalized in one of the 33 states or the District of Columbia, Then that's fine, but if you transport that to one of the states um, that is not legalized or has not recognized legal cannabis, then you are now dealing in an illegal substance. So these are some of the things we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about uh, legal cannabis in a few different ways. We're even going to talk about it from my perspective. What does that mean for you for insurability? Because this is one of the areas that uh, it's it's so funny because you know the game you know when you have dominoes. I don't know if kids. Play that now, but when we were young, you always had those dominoes, and people talk about the domino effect, and that's when you line them all up, and then you tap tap the first one, and then they all fall down in this cool pattern. If you do it right, (laughs) sometimes you gotta do it a couple times, but or it only goes halfway. But the point is, the domino effect means you knock one down, and more than one follows or is affected by that impact. So cannabis has had the same effect. So what's happened is the, and I'll tell you from a Canadian point of view. Uh, what happened was there's was a lot of lobbying, a lot of research, a lot of discussions, a lot of arguments, a lot of, uh, yelling and screaming and swearing, I'm sure, that, uh, took place to finally get, uh, somebody in power, they're running for power, to say, we want this to be legal, and they accepted that, yes, we're going to, we're going to promote that and push for it. And that's what happened. So federally here, the Prime Minister said that was a part of his mandate to be elected, and and like it or not, that affected how some people voted because people who were very pro-legalization voted for it, of course, voted for him and the party and people who were against it, uh, I presume, voted against him and the party. So like any other political election that, you know, what's happening in the United States, the main topic is not legalized cannabis, but I would I would uh, throw out my suggestion is it's all about taxes on the wealthy. That seems to be the main topic that the candidates are talking about. And that's what they're making as a big platform for their election. So here, when we had the cannabis, it was a big platform for the election. And what happened, what happens is they vote to say, yes, we were going to vote in, And then they get it legalized. That doesn't mean overnight it became just because they got elected that it was legal to use cannabis. It started out as medical, remember I used the word medical uh, ca- Medical use of cannabis when I named those countries? Because medically, it was approved first. Now, you've probably heard on the news or you've heard rumors or whatever that Canada has it legal for recreational, and that is also true. So it became recreationally legal after much later after the medical uh, legalization. Now, what's happened just recently is legalization of edibles. So there's a progression that happens all the time, especially when you have a new industry come on, uh, because you're, you're really dealing in new, new territory. So you're very careful, or at least you should be very careful on how you roll things out because it's like a domino effect. One thing happens, it's going to affect something else, it's going to affect something else, and so on and so on. So that is an important thing, a distinction to understand, the medical versus the recreational. So medical is it's prescribed by a medical practitioner, typically your doctor, to say for medical reasons, um, typically pain relief, cancer patients, um, uh, Parkinson's patients. They found a lot of work where it helps calm the tremors. They found work with um, kids that have uh, ADHD that they've used it on. Now, does that mean when I say cannabis, that people are going to be stoned that's the question you get and the answer is no there are there's like I said it's fascinating and there's so many parts to it because and I am no medical expert by any stretch I only look at it from a financial point of view and I find it fascinating because of all the different aspects of it where they talk about the THC being e- extracted for the cannabinoids and the creams and the, the oils and the ointments and all of the stuff that doesn't give you that hallucinogenic part of it. Um, and then there's the recreational side, which obviously they're looking for the hallucinogenic part of it. So it's fascinating, right? It's not, whether you, whether you agree with it or not, it's fascinating. And from a financial point of view, there's a lot of people that I would get questions about certain stocks. Now I'm not, I'll give you full disclosure right now. I don't trade stocks for individuals. That's not part of my practice. I don't give stock advice and, um i i certainly don't get involved with anybody's portfolios that's stock based only so i don't give any advice on that but i got a lot of questions about stocks and which companies to buy because you hear you we're seeing a lot of uh, uh and i'm going to bore your the united states your term fake news <laughs> you see a lot of that stuff happening with the m- marijuana and the cannabis industry about all these marijuana millionaires being made Well, that's a really, from a financial point of view, it's very, very risky when you're dealing with a lot of unknown stuff and you're going to buy whatever you're going to buy, particular stocks in a company, and there is no guarantee at all when you're dealing in the penny stock market, let's call it, uh, because really that's what you're dealing with, very, very high risk. New industry, new companies, no history, um, no sales. Because you have to remember, when we legalized it here in Canada, uh, there's no sales. It just it becomes legal. Now you start as a business. And then all the rules come into play. And the government was controlling supply. And the demand was higher than supply. And they ran out, which caused problems for businesses because they have these people hired. and They have all this R&D going on. And then they had to have all the money up front because they needed to have their facilities uh, with top-notch security. And they had to have it um on how the the plants are going to be um harvested and grown so you have this whole uh, uh agricultural perspective from it on on how to grow them so it's, it's it's fascinating but it's a lot of money and it was a lot of work to get to the point to be ready for products to be ready for sale so in that respect it was very very risky for people to be buying these stocks so yeah, I'm sure there was a lot of people out there that made a lot of money off it, but I'm sure there was more people out there that didn't. And this is why uh, I wanted to talk today about the legal part of cannabis because this isn't—it's not a case where you—I'm not saying you can't make money on it. I'm sure you can make money anywhere, but I'm not saying that this is the place where you should go and put all your money in and roll the dice because. Uh, it, you really are gambling to to an extent with this industry still. There's not a lot of history yet. There's still unfolding a lot of the rules here. Uh, when it first came out, there was a lottery system and everybody had to pay a, a fee to enter the lottery so that, and they had thousands of people enter this lottery to get 25 licenses that were drawn and then another 25 licenses later in the year. So you're not necessarily, um, I've got a business set up and I'm going to go out and just do it. There's a lot of legal pieces that are moving all the time with it. And the reason I tell people this and the reason I wanted to bring it up when we talk about legal cannabis is because it's also the same with other industries, not just cannabis. When you have a government-regulated industry, and if you think about it, um, lottery tickets, cigarettes, alcohol, that are are heavily regulated in um, Canada. I know there's a little bit less or a little bit more flexibility in the United States But, uh, they're still heavily regulated and, and ours are extremely heavily regulated here to the point where they're actually corporate, crown corporations for the lottery and, and, uh, the liquor. So, uh, my point is that when you have a lot of legal surroundings, uh, it makes things a little bit harder because there's a lot more rules that you have to follow, not just your business plan. It's easy in a way to just put a business plan together and say, you know, I want to make widgets and I'm going to sell them. And I think I'm going to sell them online or I'm going to sell them in a store or I'm going to sell them at craft shows or I'm going to sell them at trade shows or I'm going to sell them to, manu- I'm going to be the manufacturer sell them to retail outlets, um, whatever the case is. That's your, that's your business plan. Then you add in an element like, now we've got legal cannabis. Okay, I'm going to open up a store. Well, no, you're not. You have to have a license for it. And how are you going to supply them? Well, you have to follow the proper chain on who's a licensed supplier and how much you sell. Well, that's not based on the demand. Well, it will be eventually, but right now it's not based on demand. It's based on how much you're allowed to sell because of your license or because of the supplier's license. So there's a much higher demand than there was supply. And that was part of the problems with um, some of the companies. So fascinating. (laughs) exciting, uh, crazy to watch, and lots to learn from watching it. So what we'll do today is we will talk about what it means for you uh, with your insurability with legal cannabis, and we'll also talk about um, how if you're driving high, it can impact your future, because people don't realize, and they're starting very quickly to realize here, that. Driving high is is as illegal as driving impaired it is a it is an impaired driving charge It's not just that you drank too much it's now you can be charged with if you have been um, smoking uh the marijuana on a recreational and if you're taking it on a medical, you have to be very very careful on how it's being handled so um, from that perspective, we want to be very very careful, and we want to make sure that we are following all of our rules because, the, as as we know, in any country, ignorance is not an excuse for the law. So with that, we're going to take our first break of the night. And when we come back, we'll continue to talk about cannabis and how it's going to impact us. You are listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Noble, on the Inspired Choices Network. We will be right back.
0: Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator, Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at BookkeepPlus.ca. Now back to the program.
1: Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Cook-Noble, on the Inspired Choices Network, and today we're talking about legal cannabis. I finally uh, I finally got a show on legal cannabis. I've been asked about the cannabis industry so many times in the last couple of years, uh, but especially this last year now that uh, there's, I guess, more acceptance of it in Canada because it's been here for a few years now. Um and it's legal across Canada, so a lot of people talk about it, and I have a lot of questions about it. How do I make money in the cannabis industry and um what does it mean and And really, when I look at it, I look at it like what what does it mean in terms of how it affects you? So when I started looking at it, I thought, well let's talk about what is cannabis and what it what exactly is it, and what does it do? So cannabis is also known as marijuana, as you know um it's a chemical compound and it's used both for medicinal and for recreational purposes. So it's not like Tylenol where uh, you would take Tylenol for a medicinal purpose and you could potentially take it for a recreational purpose. It's not like that. So cannabis or marijuana, if you will, is um, it's got two different purposes to it. Um, it can be prescribed by a, a a physician or a doctor. And if it's prescribed by the doctor, it's known as medical marijuana because it's prescribed by a medical practitioner. So they can legally prescribe the marijuana for treatment for chronic joint pain and that can be associated with a variety of medical conditions. It could be arthritis, it could be Parkinson's, it could be cancer, it could be anything. A doctor could prescribe it for back pain, whatever you name it. So with that being said, marijuana is also used for recreational purposes. So the Obviously, I I know most people out there know the main difference of why you would use it, but in this particular setting, it produces a high or it's an altered perception of reality that in many respects is similar to what happens with drinking too much alcohol. So the difference is the after effect of um, when it wears off. So it's a big difference between how you feel after it wears off versus how you feel after alcohol wears off. So what does this legalization mean to you Well, it became legal here in Canada, um, just for trivia's sake, I'll give you, it was October 17th, 2018, so it'll be a year and a half that it's been legal here in Canada, federally. Um, And the insurance industry, I have to say from my point of view, this is the way I would deal with it, um, the insurance industry has been moving really quickly to figure out what to do about this legalization, because... You know, for anybody who's ever gone for life insurance or critical illness, you always get asked that question, are you a smoker or are you not a smoker? Well, they've always been referring to tobacco cigarettes when um, they've asked that question. And now with marijuana, because you can smoke it, um, you can have it as uh, pills, you can have it in um, creams and oils. There's all kinds of different ways that you can use cannabis. But from a smoking perspective, this is where the insurance is like, um, hmm, are you a smoker? Or are you not a smoker? So now when I ask people, are you a smoker? I'm like, okay, and I'm talking about tobacco. But now we have this other question in, that we have to deal with on cannabis. So the industry has been, been moving quickly to try and figure it out and accepting this on a much larger scale. And some insurance companies, this is kind of the, the crazy part for me to wrap my head around is, all the insurance companies have ha, have been evaluating themselves, and some of them have different. They've all come up with their own um, measurement, and some of them are: you're a smoker if you smoke marijuana. Some are you're a non-smoker if you smoke marijuana if it's less than x number of milligrams a week, or if it's less than x number of joints a week. So there's all these other questions that go with it, and you think, wow, like uh, one joint does not equal so many milligrams. There's no hard and fast rule about what that equals. Or are you are you a cannabis user if you use an edible or if you vape it or it's just there's so many and vaping is a whole new world too as far as smoking it's part but it is part of a, an already existing industry. So anyway, it's been very fascinating. And since they found evidence that moderate recreational use of marijuana does not harm the health of consumers, it's not likely to ele- affect longevity which is a factor that all the insurance companies consider when assessing risk. So I don't know if ever you've caught any of my shows on insurance, you'll know that I've mentioned how they assess risk is uh, they have these actuaries who are math geniuses with all these fancy calculations to tell us how much risk you are for your length of time for living. And what they do is they say, based on this, you're either rated or you're not rated or what? however they go about all their calculations. And at the end of the day, this is what your premium is going to be. And that's what it's, that's what it's used for. Based on your age, your health, your history, um, your longevity, expectation, then this is how much we're going to charge on your premium. Well, cannabis now gets mixed into that formula. So what they've been doing as actuaries and math people, they just want to say, hey, what's it going to look like from a risk perspective? Because that's what an insurance company is about. They're all about controlling risk. And really, on a side note, that's what insurance is, right? That's all you're doing when you buy insurance is you are buying risk protection. So if you have car insurance, then your protection is on the fact that if you get in an accident, then the risk of you getting hurt or writing your vehicle off you're going to have something to fall back on to replace that for you or assist in that way. So it's all about risk. Insurance is another word for risk control controlling risk. So what the insurance companies have done is they said okay well medical marijuana is legal in Canada um, since about 2000 but uh, recreational became I told you in 2018 The recreational cannabis has had a much stronger stigma attached to it since it became illegal in 1923. So just a little bit of history for you, which I found very fascinating, that uh, marijuana wasn't always illegal, and it wasn't always on the Act to Prohibit the Improper Use of Opium and Other Drugs, which is the name of the legislation, and it was there in 1923, and then now it's become legal again. And that whole part of the history I found fascinating, when you read about it, it was a big... Marketing job with big pharmaceuticals and and however much you believe of it, but uh, it was it's pretty fascinating when you see how how uh, marketing, which I think is always an exciting part in work because marketing gets people to do things that you want them to do if you present it in the way that you want they want to receive it. But now that it's legal in Canada, it's important to know what it means for insurance and for your prospects as in getting insurance because I've also said before. Having life insurance is actually a privilege. It's not a right. Like, there's nothing that says you have a right to have life insurance. No. You have a, you have a right to go and have a conversation with somebody and get evaluated to see if you qualify. But when you have to qualify for something, same with getting a driver's license. You have to qualify for getting a driver's license by getting your beginner's permit and then by writing a test and then by doing a, a practical test and getting somebody to assess you and pass and say you can do it. So that is your privilege. So life insurance is a privilege to get. And when you start to think of it like that, you realize that there are real distinct possibilities that you might not get it because they're not uh, required to give it to you. So if you're thinking, uh, oh, I'm just going to go and get life insurance, and then somebody says, well, actually, no company's going to insure you, that might upset you or it might make you mad, but there's nothing you can do about it because it's not a, it's not your right to have it. So, that's why I always say, you know, get it young, make it part of your plan, uh, evaluate it every year, make sure it's right for you, make sure that your situations and circumstances are still in line with it. But, we're talking about cannabis. So, getting back to the cannabis stuff. So, if, um, if you're a recreational marijuana user, you may be offered a non smoker rate on your insurance premiums. So, if you smoke marijuana, you still might be considered a non-smoker. So I'll just give you an example. Most insurance companies want to make sure that you have not consumed any tobacco product or smoked e-cigarettes or any tobacco whatsoever in the last 12 months before they offer you this rate. So you could be a cannabis, a marijuana smoker and be a non-smoker and somebody who hasn't smoked cigarettes in 11 months and 10 days is still a smoker. So it's a full 12 months of zero tobacco to be considered a non-smoker. So that's kind of substantial when you think about it Um, and to to make sure you are required to fill out this questionnaire that the insurance companies will ask you before they offer you this rate and before they might, you might even undergo various testing. So you might do, uh, it's a nicotine metabolic screening test and that makes sure, they make sure that you haven't used nicotine in the last 12 months and then they'll offer you the non-smokers rate. Um, and just on a, as a side note, if you are a smoker and you haven't been a smoker for over 12 months and you have life insurance that still says you're a smoker, you can go see your advisor and ask them to apply to the insurance company to have you made uh, known as a non-smoker and see if it affects your premiums. And they'll just do that test and they'll say, yeah, we're going to reduce your your premiums to make you a non-smoker now. So there is a, there is an option for that, just on a, on a side note. Um, now, having said that, getting back to the cannabis stuff, um, anyone above the age of 18, and sometimes 19 in our provinces in Canada, if you're interested in consuming cannabis, um, you can do that, and legally, <laughs> and uh, without added risk to your insurance policy, depending on who your who your policy is with. So even if you're using marijuana, and it's a tobacco-free joint, a couple times a week, it's low risk from an insurance standpoint, and However, I said this from an insurance standpoint, there is also, remember it's also new and there's a lot of transitioning and research and they're all feeling their way through this. If you're a heavy user, you can actually be denied coverage. So just because you're smoking marijuana, don't. this is not me saying, oh, I heard on Financially Speaking I smoke marijuana so I'm a non-smoker, no, 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 no. (laughs) You still have to answer the health questions and you still have to be evaluated on usage. So the insurance company might say well that's great you smoke marijuana we're not worried about that because it's only so much a week or whatever the number turns out to be or so much a month they're fine with that others might say no no you're going to be denied your high risk so just remember that it's not a this is not black and white when it comes to insurance and different insurance companies it's not universal across the board all the insurance companies have different rules some some base it on milligrams some base it on number of joints some base it on total number of usage it's you got to be awful careful. So we're going to take our second break of the night. And then when we come back, I'm going to talk to you about if you're over the legal age and you have a history in marijuana, what's that going to look like? So, And then we'll talk about driving high and all these, all these things that people don't think about that is just like that domino effect. Once we make it legal, it affects many other aspects of our lives. And insurance is just one of them. So you are listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Cook-Noble, on the Inspired Choices Network. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
0: Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Money is complicated, right? Actually, no, it's not. You don't have to be a trader on Wall Street to get a handle on your money. TV shows often instill fear to keep you believing you can't understand it or do anything yourself. If dealing with your finances brings up a lot of other F-words, then you need to read All Ladies Should Use the F-Word, A Guide to Loving Your Finances by Kathy Cook-Noble. Kathy helps you take control of your finances and leave the other F-word, fear, in the dust. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator, Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Kathy at BookKeepPlus.ca. Now back to the program.
1: Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Cook-Noble, on the Inspired Choices Network. And today, we are finally talking about cannabis. And you think, why? Why are we talking about cannabis on a financial show? (laughs) Because it can have an impact. Not just because of buying it. It can have an impact on uh, all kinds of aspects of your life. But one of the areas that does definitely have an impact that we didn't talk about is right out of your wallet. So how do you know where to spend your money so, like I mentioned, um, it's legal in a lot of countries um, federally. Not in the United States; it's only legal in the United States in some states. But across Canada, it's legal. So we've we've legalized it federally, both for recreational and medicinal purposes. And um, we've talked about the legalization, what that means. So it has an impact on your insurance. So before we went to break, I was just gonna go through some of the information on what could happen with the marijuana and what it, how it can affect you. So let's say you're over the legal age. Now in Canada, it is federally legal, but it's provincially implemented as far as ages and um, like alcohol how, and buying lo- lottery tickets. So you have to be a certain age in Canada. You have to be ni- in Ontario. You have to be 19 to buy alcohol. So they made cannabis the same. So you have to be 19 in Canada. Now some other provinces are 18. So it's not just if you're coming to visit us in Canada, and you think I'm going to cross the border and I'm just going to start smoking marijuana, and you're 17 or you're 18, which 18 is probably the real gray area for you, make sure you're in a province where it is legal, because it is not legal in Ontario for you to smoke marijuana at 18. Right, 19 is our age to buy uh, legal can, or, yeah, legal cannabis. So if you're over the legal age in Ontario, that's 19, and you've declared a history of marijuana use, you may be required to provide some of the following information to your insurer because you're going to be going through something called underwriting, which means they evaluate you on a case-by-case basis to see exactly what your risk is and then figure out what your premium is going to be or if they're going to insure you at all. And some of these things are going to be the details of your use of marijuana. So they actually have now uh, a questionnaire, for a drug use questionnaire. So when you answer this question, and I've seen it, I've done it, like I've i uh, given it to clients and uh, it's a drug use questionnaire that you have to fill out. It asks you all the questions about why you use it, um, if it's medicinal, recreational, um, how much you use, how often you use it, all those kind of things, how long you've been using it, all that kind of stuff. So you're going to give all the details of your use of marijuana. You're going to give them your current occupation to see if you're higher risk. That's part of all their risk assessment. A detail of a criminal activity, if it's applicable your driving record, and your employment record. And this information helps the insurance company to decide what the risk of insuring you will be based on your past and current use of marijuana. And then that's how they figure it out. So let me give you an example for Ontario because they're all different. Um, every province, so we, in Canada we have provinces and territories, and there's a varying rules about marijuana use. So just because you know, and I've told you, and you've heard it on the news, and you know it's federally legal across in Canada, that doesn't mean all the rules are the same in every province. So if you're going to come to Canada and you're going to move from province to province and visit, you know, you might start in Ontario and then you're going to go to Vancouver or you might end up in Nova Scotia or wherever you're going to visit, make sure you know the rules if cannabis is part of your vacation plans. Um, so you can, and, and by the way, if you're going to need to look up these rules, then you just go to Ontario.ca and that tells you, Whichever, pick, click on the province you're going to visit or the territory and it'll tell you. So the Ontario government has the rules in place to keep cannabis out of the hands of children and youth and to keep our roads safe and combat the illegal market. That's what their mandate is. That's what they say. So they have tightly regulated private retail model for cannabis. Like I mentioned, it's not just, oh, you am going open up a store. There you go, put a sign out front. doesn't work. So you have to be 19 in Canada, and sorry, in Ontario, to possess and grow recreational cannabis. So you can't just get somebody to buy it illegally for you. you to possess and grow recreational cannabis. You have to be 19. And you can they have a youth cannabis diversion program, which is an online program to prevent uh, for education and prevention for youth between the age of 12 and 18. And this is for you to understand what the law is, and especially if you come in conflict conflict with it, which you don't want to do. Uh, now, where can you use it? You can't just light up anywhere in Ontario so remember domino effect we implement this new legal um, industry completely and how is it going to affect other pl- other things well it affects your driving it affects your insurability it affects your work where where and when and how you can use it with um, with your work it affects where and when and how you can use it in a public place so there's all kinds of um, domino effects so where you can smoke and bait cannabis so this is for can- private residents it does not include residents that are also workplaces, so things like a long-term care or retirement home. So if you're in one of those places, that is not included. Many outdoor public places, like sidewalks and parks, uh, where these are places where you can, you can use in designated smoking guest rooms in hotels, motels, and inns. Uh, residential vehicles and boats that meet certain criteria. So for example, if you have permanent sleeping accommodations and cooking facilities, and you're anchored or parked. Any scientific research and testing facility if the cannabis use is for scientific research and testing purposes. Uh, controlled areas and long-term care homes certain retirement homes, residential hospices, provincially funded supportive houses or designated psychiatric facility or veterans facilities. So there's additional restrictions on smoking and vaping that may exist in municipal bylaws. So it's not just about knowing the province or the state, it's about knowing the municipal rules too. It might be lease agreements and the policies of employers and property owners. So I'm reading this right off the Ontario site just so you know so that everybody can get the same information if you need it. And where you cannot smoke or vape cannabis. So you cannot. Indoors, you cannot smoke or vape cannabis in an indoor common area, in condos, apartment buildings, universities or college residences, uh, enclosed public places and enclosed workspaces and non-designated guest rooms in hotels, motels and inns. So this isn't just a, I've gone off to school and I can light up in my residence room. No, you can't. Uh, You cannot vape or smoke cannabis in schools and places when children gather. So, you cannot at a school, a school playground in all public areas within 20 meters of the grounds, on children's playgrounds and public areas within 20 meters of a playground, in a child care center or where an early years program is provided, and in places where home child care is provided, even if the children aren't present. So, these are important rules to keep you out of trouble. This was, like I said, a domino effect. It affects laws in all kinds of different areas and how the program is going to work. So hospitals, hospices, home cares, and other facilities, you cannot, cannot use within nine meters from the entrance or exit of a hospice, a public or private one, a psychiatric facility, long-term care facility, um, independent health facilities. You cannot use on an outdoor grounds of hospitals, public or private, or a psychiatric facility. And you cannot use in non-controlled areas and long-term care homes, certain retirement homes, provincially funded supported houses, housing, designated psychiatric or veterans facilities, and residential hospices. You cannot smoke or vape in a publicly owned sport field, not including golf courses, uh, nearby spectator areas, public areas within 20 meters of these areas. You cannot consume cannabis, smoking, vaping, or eating, because we have edibles now, remember, in a vehicle or boat that is being driven or will be driven. And you cannot in uh, smoke or vape cannabis in other outdoor areas like restaurants and on bar patios and public areas within nine meters of a patio and outdoor grounds, grounds of specified Ontario government office buildings. Uh, you can't use it in reserved seating areas at outdoor sports and entertainment locations. You can't use it on grounds of community recreational facilities and public areas within 20 meters of those grounds. And you can't use it in sheltered outdoor areas with a roof And more than two walls, which are public or employees, frequent or are invited to, for example, a bus shelter. So when I say, how does this affect you legally? Well, it affects you a lot. Now, if you're wondering, well, shoot, how much can you use? (laughs) Let me tell you. So you're able to have a maximum of 30 grams, which is about one ounce of dried cannabis or an equivalent in public at any time. Assuming you're of la- legal age, don't forget. And one gram of dried cannabis is equivalent to five grams of fresh cannabis, 15 grams of an edible product, 70 grams of a liquid product, 0.25 grams of concentrates, which is solid or liquid, or one cannabis plant seed. That is how much you are allowed to possess. So when people talk about how this affects our income and our market and our economy and stuff, yeah, there is definitely rules that are, it's not just, oh, it's legal, everybody, off you go, do if if you want it, use it, if you don't, don't worry about it. There's rules to it. And yeah, there's that's all for recreation, what I talked about. So there are definitely exceptions for people who have medicinal use. Um, Now, remember, these permits that they're getting, or not permits, sorry, they're getting prescriptions from their medical practitioners, and it's telling them, what they're allowed to have and what they're allowed to use. So there are there are rules for having your doctor's note and your doctor's prescription versus having um, just a recreational, I'm 19, 20 years old and I'm totally fine, I'm just going to choose to use this as a recreational um part of my 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 party plan or part of my vacation or whatever it is but those are the rules for that there are also rules about growing your own cannabis because you can grow up to four cannabis plants per residence not per person like some people think it's per residence but you have to be 19 years of age or old 19 years of age or older and it can only be for your personal use so you can't sell it to somebody else You can't use it for, you can't grow it for yourself in your residence and then give it to somebody else or manufacture it for somebody else because that's essentially what you'd be doing. Um, If the starting material was purchased from an Ontario cannabis store or an authorized retailer, then you can grow it. So, and if it's not forbidden in your lease agreement or your condo rules. So, it's not just about something that simple and you can't just go out on an illegal and say, oh, I've got They've got my four cannabis plants, but you bought them on the black market, so they're still illegal. You have to buy them from a registered, uh, legal Ontario cannabis store. So that's just Ontario. So for those of anybody out there that's coming to visit Canada, it's a great country, and I know some, a lot of people think it's kind of fascinating and a little bit cool that we legalize cannabis. There's a lot of stuff to know about it. So, um, like I mentioned before, ignorance is not an excuse of the law. It's all on the website, it's all on the, the Ontario government website. It's easy access, it's easy to know about the difference between Ontario and Quebec or Vancouver if you're going to go visit BC. There's a you got to make sure you know the rules. It's the same with driving. You got to know the rules for driving, you got to know the rules for alcohol consumption, no different with the cannabis. So we're up to our, our last break of the night. And when we come back, we're just going to wrap it up and our conversation about how this can impact us if we are are not following the rules with cannabis. So don't go anywhere. You are listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Cook-Noble on the Inspired Choices Network. And tonight, it's all about cannabis. We'll be right back.
0: Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Money is complicated, right? Actually, no, it's not. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Kathy at BookKeepPlus.ca. Now back to the program.
1: Welcome back everyone. You are listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Cook-Noble on the Inspired Choices Network and tonight we've been talking about cannabis and just because it's legal doesn't mean it's easy and doesn't mean it doesn't have an impact on you financially and it doesn't mean it has an impact on you in other ways because the financial part of it is fairly easy for me to say in a way. Because it, there's, like I mentioned before, the life insurance companies, uh, it's a whole new rating that they need to um, evaluate. It's a whole new risk that they need to evaluate with somebody who's either uh, a recreational user or a medicinal user. Um, and if it's a medicinal user, it's prescribed by a doctor or a medical practitioner. And the other part of it, though, is people forget is driving high. And it's the same as driving under the influence of alcohol so there's been a lot of publicity a lot of debate no shortage of controversy that's for sure just like there was no shortage of controversy when it became legal um but and i'm talking recreationally it became legal in october 2018 like i mentioned it became legal medicinally in 2000 but canadian uh legislators they're, they were quick to get the update on the impaired driving regulations in December 2018. So two months after it was legal recreationally, it became changed in the legislation regarding driving. So there's a whole new category of cannabis impairment laws in Ontario. So do they affect your life insurance? Yeah, they can. So these changes, even though they're still new, we're just starting to see and understand the effects that the legislation has on life insurance. And I'll tell you what we do know is that underwriting has long considered impaired driving to be a very high and adverse risk factor. So what does that mean? It means you can be denied life insurance because of a DUI conviction and driving under the influence does not say alcohol. It's under the influence of, it could be alcohol, it could be cannabis now, um, it could be other drugs that alter your perspective and your perception for driving. So driving under the influence is is a conviction that could definitely result in a substantial increase in your life insurance premium. So you could be what's called rated, where they say, okay, um, we're going to give you the insurance, but you're going to pay a much higher premium because your risk level is higher. Or they're going to say, you know what, we're actually going to decline your coverage because you're too high of a risk. So, and they can do that. That's, remember, life insurance is a privilege. I, I'm 100% convinced of that. Um, So cannabis, we know it as pot or weed or marijuana, whatever you want to call it. Um, It comes in lots of forms. So there's dried flowers and leaves, there's oils, extracts, there's edibles, which can be candies or baked goods. Uh, It contains more than a 100 chemicals, which are known as cannabinoids. The main psychotic, uh, psychotic ingredient is the THC. And this is what causes the high or intoxicating effect of the use of the cannabis. When you extract the THC that's where you see in a lot of medicinal oils and and uh, pills and stuff because you're not trying to get that high you're trying to get that calming effect of your nerves for Parkinson's or um, for kids with ADHD for example that's where they they do that and I'm by no means an expert on cannabis though so don't take anything I say as gospel on cannabis this is just some information for thought so then you have if you're driving impaired how does this affect you well Um, It depends on a few things. It's your age, the amount they have, the frequency of use, how it's consumed, whether it's combined with alcohol or other drugs. Many people believe that if you're driving under the influence of cannabis, it's harmless and that high drivers proceed slower and tend to be more cautious behind the wheel. Guys, I can tell you, anyone out there listening, that is not true. It's 100% false. And if you're coming up to Canada and you're going to be legal and do everything legal and you get behind a wheel... It is not the case. The law enforcement is not going to look at it that way. In fact, the impaired driving is the leading criminal cause of death and injury in Canada. So, and the studies that show have shown that cannabis affects motor skills and visual functions drastically. And mixing cannabis with alcohol or other drugs greatly compounds those risks. So, don't uh, be warned. <laughs> Come up here, enjoy the beautiful country. Uh, buy your cannabis. Smoke your cannabis. Follow all the legal rules do not get behind the wheel of any motor vehicle because the the law is not on your side at all. So all these new impairment uh, laws came into effect, like I said, two months after uh, recreational cannabis was uh, legal. And the big changes that came under the new criminal code, uh, it's now an offense to drive with two to five uh, grams of th- THC per one milligram of blood. So I'm, again, just take it right off the site. Look up what you're allowed to use. Look up what your combinations are. Um, police can now request an alcohol or drug test any time they pull a driver over. Refusal to provide a sample is a criminal offense with a, a $2,000 penalty for a first offender and harsher penalties, including mandatory imprisonment for repeat offenders. They have changed the laws. I am I'm am assuring you that they are not changing them to be lighter. They're changing them to be... Um, stricter. So please be careful. And then a lot of the questions people ask are, how long do you wait before you drive? Well, that depends. Uh, it's like anything, right? When you're drinking, uh, h- each person's different. So there's a lot of factors to take into consideration to what considers you to be sobered up. And it's the same with the cannabis consumption. The, the potency, the amount of time that you've been smoking or eating or drinking the cannabis, um the time frame that's compacted or if it's spread out over time, your body weight and size, all of these your experience, all these things, um, but right now, the Canadian government hasn't offered any guidelines, none at all on specific cannabis doses and their their cannabis doses and their effects, so it makes it kind of difficult to quantify how much cannabis a person can have before they can drive, so you know what the safest option is going to be don't do it, stay overnight just like you do with alcohol. just don't do it instead, plan in advance. Get a cab, get a designated driver, use public transportation, um, do anything except get behind the wheel yourself. so that is a little uh cannabis education from a very basic point of view, but there's a lot of things that go with it a lot of changes there's always constant improvements and um uh, and by improvements, I mean changes to the the law, not necessarily improvements for you, but uh please don't be afraid to look it up if you're ever going to come to Canada. And participate and look it up in the different states in, can- in the United States because they are not legally regulated federally and they change from state to state. Join us again back here on Financially Speaking where we'll take on another topic and how it applies to you. We'll see you again on the Inspired Choices Network.
0: Thank you for choosing to listen to Financially Speaking Radio Show. Kathy Cook-Noble will return next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspireChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by making the choices that bring you all that you desire.